Shalom, it's Carrie Miller. And Barra Lane, your National Young Leadership Cabinet 2021-2022 Impact Chairs. And welcome to the Hebrew Connect Podcast. We are thrilled to bring you an opportunity to get to know our Hevra, who we are and why we give. Hope you enjoy. After college, unfortunately, when I got a call one day that my mom had gone to sleep and never woke up. And I went back to Albuquerque after not being in Albuquerque for 15 years and didn't know what to do. And someone said, call Jewish Family Service, they'll help you. Jewish Federation being there for me in a personal time of need is what got me involved. I was called up to the BEMA for one of the Aliyahs, like right after Natan Sharansky, and just being up on the BEMA at the same time was it was a really special experience and it drew a connection of like the work that federation was doing uh in the former soviet union and being in the former soviet union with natan sharansky at that moment was just really touching to me welcome i'm your host zach garber a third year hevray from baltimore today i'm excited and honored to share one of the first episodes of hevray connect Hevray Connect is going to be a series where we interview uh, various people from national cabinet, from the Jewish federations in North America. Today's episode is going to be focused on giving, as I am so excited to interview two Hevray and close friends of mine, Brett Tansman and Kira Finkenberg. Uh, Brett and Kira are the campaign co-chairs on the executive committee, and we're going to focus on charitable giving outside of their many, many community involvements. Kira is the owner and founder of the Kira Company, a concert, marketing, and event company based out of San Diego. And Brett is the senior vice president of Garden Homes, which is a nationwide leader in retail, commercial, and residential property development. So I'm so excited to be here with both of you. Brett, can you just share a little bit about yourself professionally and then also what it is you're doing in the community that has led you here today to be involved in cabinet? Sure. So professionally, I'm a lawyer by training. I should add, yeah, I I went to Rutgers in New Jersey, Rutgers Law School, uh, worked in D.C. for a short period of time on the Hill, and then then after law school, went to the University of Pennsylvania, where I met my wife and did a master's program in government. From there, worked in government in the governor's uh, council's office under two New Jersey governors, one Democrat, one Republican, very different personalities, and learned a great deal uh, about law, about policy, um, and about uh, really New Jersey and the state and how laws kind of the sausage making of how uh how bills become become a law and and from there joined garden homes and where i spent a little bit of time in our law firm and the majority of my time at this point on the business side and particularly inclusionary housing so a lot of affordable housing where there's an affordable component was always really involved from even as a kid my parents Grew up, I grew up in a Federation family, uh, and my grandfather really was, was a huge driver of, of my wanting to be involved in Jewish causes and, and civic causes. Um, he was a mayor of his hometown and, and was always engaged, uh, not just Jewishly, but in the community. Uh, and so, you know, really inspired by 
many family members, including my grandfather and my parents would, would go along with my mom to bingo night at the Jewish home for the aged in our community. I remember going to multiple Super Sundays uh, and, and also as a kid, uh, starting from when I just turned seven, going on my first mission to Israel and probably going to Israel every year up until my bar mitzvah, where I was bar mitzvah at the wall. And, and those are really impactful uh, moments for me and, and trips for me, especially as a seven-year-old. I can vividly remember seeing kids on Ben Yehuda Street, and I was like, wow, they're just like me. In college, after my, my baseball career ended, um, and we could story for another day, I got more engaged on campus. And this was during the second intifada in 2001. And I'd just come back from a trip to Israel, actually a birthright mission, which I was allowed to go on because when the second intifada started, there wasn't a lot of people that scandally wanted to go. Um, it was a very unpredictable and scary time. And I signed up to go and, and came back really energized and there was a lot of rhetoric on campus that was anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, and I always felt like I could be a bridge to many different communities, uh, both within our Jewish community, which has very different aspects to it and a multitude of beautiful aspects to it, and with other um, groups on campus. And so uh, got involved politically on campus, the pro-Israel advocacy movement, uh, and then Kind of, you know, law school and life takes off. And then it wasn't until having a family and I did the Wexner Heritage Program, joined our Metro West, Greater Metro West Federation Board, and, and then joined Cabinet. And each, each year, I, I feel like the more you, you dig in and get involved, the, the more you want to get involved. And it, Federation is the only organization, in my view, that kind of looks after the entire Jewish community, and that's why I'm so attracted to it and happy to be involved. Excellent. So I want to transition from the East Coast to the West Coast. You know, I don't know which one we want to say is the best coast, but uh, Kira, you're obviously based out of San Diego. Would love to hear uh, your background and what has brought you to cabinet. I'm going to say West Coast, best coast. That's a, that's a whole other story. Um, so thank you. I'm going to object to that. But... <laughs> Thanks, Zach, for having me here. Um, so I actually grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I know there's not a lot of Jewish people from Albuquerque, so you don't hear that very often. And grew up in a home with two Jewish parents, but didn't want us to feel different. So we had a Christmas tree going up and wasn't raised very Jewish. Moved to San Diego to go to college and went to a Catholic university. And after college, unfortunately, when I got a call one day that <clears throat> my mom had gone to sleep and never woke up. And I went back to Albuquerque after not being in Albuquerque for 15 years and didn't know what to do. And someone said, call Jewish Family Service, they'll help you. And call Jewish Family Service, which is a partner of Jewish Federation, obviously. And they were amazing in my time of need. And they were there for my brother and I and helped us get through the most difficult time in our lives. So when I came back to San Diego, I decided I want to give back. My mother was a amazing woman who was a giver of all of her love to children so I wanted to give back and children wasn't my thing so I wanted to give back to the community and I got involved with with Jewish Family Service back years ago and through that was invited on a 
next-gen trip to Israel and Berlin through Jewish Federation, and that's where my Jewish journey really started, and I got super involved, and now I sit on five local Jewish nonprofit boards. I'm an incoming board chair for one of them. I sit on another advisory council, so just Jewish Federation being there for me in a personal time of need is what got me involved. And I would be remiss not to ask, you're the owner and founder of the appropriately named Kiriko, uh, which sounds really interesting, a concert and marketing venue. I, I had your bio, and it seems like you've worked with all sorts of fun and incredible organizations. Can you just share a little bit about your, your professional development and what it is that you do? Yeah, so I grew up in Albuquerque in the ticket industry. My father was one of the original founders of Ticketmaster in Albuquerque, and when they decided to move it out of Albuquerque and move it to Los Angeles, they basically gave my dad a franchise. They called it a licensee as a thank you for all the hard work he had put into it, but they decided to move it to Los Angeles. So from the time I was three years old, I literally grew up in a box office, working shows, going to shows. My first show was Kiss when I was three years old. Um, So I grew up in the industry and moved to San Diego and worked for Ticketmaster here and hated it because it was corporate. It wasn't my dad's office. So I quit that job and I had had my first Thanksgiving in San Diego, I had dinner with the local concert promoter, Bill Silva, and he said, how's work? And I said, I hate it. He said, come work for me. So I started working for him my freshman year of college. I did that for about five and a half years, helped him do shows from Las Vegas to San Diego to Los Angeles. An amphitheater opened here, so I went and took, Bill decided to sell the company and move to LA, and I wouldn't go to LA. So when the amphitheater opened here, I got the job as the marketing director there and then bill called me about five and a half years later and he said you need to leave and start your own company because i want you to do my marketing again so i started my own company in 2003 and have done marketing and ticketing and event planning and producing for events all over southern california las vegas um, some in arizona for the past 18 years well, this is great. I now know who to call for my next tickets. <laughs> um, so, so today's episode, you know, you, you are both the uh, campaign co-chairs, um, and I want to talk a little bit about what is the campaign and, and philanthropy and, and what you guys are doing as co-chairs. Before we jump into that, though, you mentioned this briefly in the beginning, but, you know, when we think about philanthropy, why is it that you guys give, and then specifically, why focus on, you know, the JFNA for your giving? You know, there's there's lots of Jewish organizations out there. Um, there's many ways to give of your money and time. What is it about this organization that has pulled you in that you've chosen to not just give financially, but also obviously substantially of your time serving on National Cabinet? I'll start with that. So I, as I said, I sit on five nonprofit boards. So I spread my time and my money throughout community san diego is not our federation is not an umbrella organization that gives to everyone else so in san diego all of our giving is done directly to different organizations so i one of my biggest things when i when my mom passed away was again giving back and they were there you know the jewish federation the jewish federation and jfs was there for me in a time of need so they they stole my heart and they they do such amazing work here in san diego between obviously Federation, JFS, ADL, the JCC, I think they do so much good work. And my biggest passion now is is working with a lot of the next-gen boards or the emerging leaders programs because 
if we don't teach the next generation to give, then what's going to happen? I feel the next generation is so entitled that we need to lead by example. And that's my motivation for giving is to, to keep philanthropy at the top of people's minds, especially the next generation. Great. Uh, Brett, if you want to chime in. Yeah, so uh, just similar to, to Kira, uh, yeah, I, I try to lead by example as well, and, and hopefully my kids will see my wife and I being involved and, and want to get involved themselves. But as I said earlier, the Jewish Federation is really the only organization that looks after the entire Jewish community, and whether it's dealing with security or education or caring for our elderly, or mental health, or healthcare, and so many other issues. Uh, Federation, I, I think Federation is really a key organization, um, and National Young Leadership Cabinet is the you know key leadership you know pipeline for Federation. So it's really incumbent on us to continue to expand the network of leaders to get our peers more engaged and continue to be engaged so that it can go from, from generation to generation. That's a perfect transition. Let's talk about cabinet. Could you share just a little bit more about what cabinet is, maybe retreats, missions, you know, the expectations uh, going in and what you have experienced? Sure. So yeah, I had no idea what cabinet was prior to joining. I, I heard about cabinet generally uh, and all amazing things, but just couldn't really picture it until I was in the room. And so National Leadership Cabinet is the central place for Jewish leaders to develop and become the, you know, not just become, we are the leaders of, of the Jewish community for this generation and the next generation. And it, for me, it started every retreat I've gone on starting in 2017 in Scottsdale and then Fort Lauderdale the next year, Toronto the year after that, the then the virtual uh, retreat last year uh, to civil rights mission in, in Alabama. I went on the, the Russia Tbilisi mission. I was scheduled to go and Kira was, was leading it, the Paris, uh, Latvia mission uh and zach we were together in mexico city on that mission and i think every time you're with your your peers in february you you feel it uh and cabinet is also about the people and there's just amazing people uh that but for cabinet i i may not know like you and i and kira and I um, and people across North America and really the world that you are connected to uh, through cabinet. Absolutely. I think it's it's definitely all about the people. Uh, Kira, as someone who has led a mission and has participated in many retreats, maybe you can just give for people that are listening, they may be other cabinet members. They may also be people who are prospective or from communities and not know what cabinet is. Can you just share a little bit more about what retreat is versus what, what a mission is? Yeah. So unfortunately, I did not actually get to lead the mission. I planned a mission, but COVID hit and we never went on the mission, but I'm happy to talk about it. Um, 
and again, what I want to echo what you both have said, it really is about the people because, you know, when you're 30 to 40, when else are you going to be in a room with like-minded individuals of your, of your same age that have the same passions that you do? And so for, that's, for me, my biggest selling point on cabinet is it's just so amazing to get that experience. But retreat is where you meet your class and you learn with your class. There's a leadership curriculum that go that goes through year after year and just being with you know 200 300 like-minded people all learning the same things and having that same passion in a in a room is just so powerful so aside from the social bonding that you do at retreat it, you really do learn and you grow with people which i think is really important and then to go on a mission which everyone should do. I got, I've been on every mission that's been offered since I've been in cabinet, which you're longer than Brett. So my first mission was India, which was just an amazing experience. You it's less people. So it's a deeper dive into connecting with different individuals and learning their stories and having that bond when you're traveling the world and seeing Jewish life and seeing where your dollars are spent in other parts of the world is just so powerful and that you like Brett said, you don't understand it till you're in the room, but when you're traveling and you see a woman in Tbilisi that wouldn't survive without the gifts that you give and you see it firsthand, it makes your giving all that more meaningful. So you're both the co-chairs of the campaign. Can you share what it is that you are hoping to accomplish and a little bit about the role and, and vision of what it is you hope to achieve this year? Our biggest job is to lead campaign day at retreat, which this year I'm fortunate that it's in my backyard here in Carlsbad, California. And so our campaign day is the day that you hear personal stories as to why people give and why we both give and other stories of why people give to Federation. And then you spend several hours, we'll put you in a group of three or four people to caucus and tell your stories to that small group and pledge your gift. And it's, if you've never had a caucus before, it's, it's like nothing else. You walk into it not knowing what to expect and you go through this wave of emotions and the people that you caucus with are, you're bonded with for life because you've experienced this magical moment with them. And it's just really special. So our, our biggest hope for this um, campaign, because this is the first hybrid one. Last year was, you know, normally it's in person. Last year was all virtual. And this year we have some people attending in person and some people attending virtually. So we are we are working to make it the most impactful and powerful campaign day in a hybrid setting that will lead everyone to, to give big gifts. Brett was actually my uh, in, in my caucus when we were in Toronto and helped lead the session. So I guess, Brett, I, I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to um, elaborate on uh, what it is that, that Kira said, as well as what, what it is that the two of you would define as success when you look forward. Yeah, so just to add to what Kira said, I'd, I'd say, you know, our goal is to really get as many of our to dig a little bit deeper this year than they have in the past and to give that meaningful or capacity gift. And we have a 
an amount that we would like to hit a target. I don't know if we can publicly say it at this stage, um, but there's a, a tangible fundraising goal. But then there's also just, you know, we want people not just to give of their treasure, which is obviously Kira and my job to, to maximize that, but we want people to give of their time and their expertise to cabinet. So to lead a caucus too, to try to get more caucus leaders that, that takes thought and time uh, and a connection to your peers. And, and hopefully Zach, you felt it when you were in our caucus that that's like a special, a really special part of cabinet that is like nothing else. And the connection that you make with your peers in a caucus um, really sets up a relationship for, you know, for years beyond cabinet. I know some of my closest friends in cabinet have stemmed from just being in a caucus with them. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm still in touch with everyone from our caucus that, that you led, and it was a very uh, meaningful event and, and really enjoyed it. As you each think about, you know, if we're going to talk about giving, you know, you think about your legacy, your impact, what you want people to think about, um, the two of you, in terms of the, the time, effort, and financial dollars that you're putting into the Federation, your commitment to being co-chairs, what is it that you hope uh, your legacy and takeaway should be for, for those around you when they think about what you've done? I just hope to leave the, the world a better place than I found it and that people see that I took the time, not just the dollars, and gave of myself as much as I could to make the world a better place and to hope that, that there's that I provided some sort of help or happiness for, for people that I don't even know. Yeah, similar to that, uh, you know, I'd like to, one, be useful and to, you know, inspire others so that they continue to pay it forward. And as Curious said, yeah, just make, make the world a little bit better and that will have a, a ripple effect. We've mentioned that Cabinet is all about the people and the, the people around you that have inspired you. Once again, this is, you know, young leaders from across the country who are leaders in their local federations that are coming together to collaborate, learn from one another, and grow as leaders educationally, professionally, socially. Is there a specific story or something that has happened at Cabinet that inspires you that you, you, you wish to share or somebody else that has uh, shared something that is memorable to you? I mean, the one thing that stands in my mind is on the uh, Tbilisi, Russia, uh, St. Petersburg mission, we were honored to have Natan Sharansky join the mission. And that Friday night when we had our Friday night dinner at the shul in St. Petersburg, I like the rabbi is like pointing to me and he's like, hey, are you Brett? And uh, I'm like, yeah. And he calls me over. And he's like, hey, if you come to shul tomorrow, you get you're you're gonna get an aliyah, and this will tie back to Natan Sharansky. So uh, I I wasn't sure if I was planning on going to shul next morning, candidly, but I I sure was now that that the rabbi you know pointed me out. But it turns out like a rabbi in my local community went to the same school as that rabbi. And they talked to each other and said, oh, Brett's going to be at your shul. And um, so it just shows how small the world is. And so the next day, I had the honor of walking to shul with a small group, and Natan Sharansky included, and his wife. 
and uh, I was called up to the BEMA for one of the Aliyahs, like right after Natan Sharansky, and just being up on the BEMA at the same time was it was a really special experience that obviously you can't take a picture of because it's Shabbos, but uh, it, that picture will stay in my mind of just, and it drew a connection of like the work that Federation was doing uh, in the former Soviet Union and being in the former Soviet Union with Natan Sharansky at that moment was just really touching to me. That's a hard one to top, but I think that a memory that I have is being in India and walking also into the shul on, on Friday night in Mumbai where there was 10 Jewish families and it was 130 of us that walked in and they hadn't had 130 members of their of their congregation in ever probably. And just the excitement and love that they felt showing us their community and us being able to to be at services with them was just really special and you know whoever i never would have dreamed that i was going to be in a synagogue in india so it was it was really powerful you each mentioned that you were in awe of what's happening around the world with jews when you're part of these communities that you've now visited what is one special jewish ritual that your family or you individually do uh around either shabbat holidays or otherwise so growing up, I didn't have one because, like I said, we didn't really grow up in a particularly Jewish religious household. But since joining Cabinet and getting more involved in my community, I actually now have a Shabbat sister, which is Robin Schneider from Chicago, because we had gone to another thing together and we signed up to be Shabbat sisters. So every Friday night, we light candles and we send pictures of the candles, which I know we shouldn't do, but we send pictures of the candles to each other and, and say a prayer for each other every Friday night. So it's really special because then she's saying one for me and I'm saying one for her. And I, in COVID, started making challah. And it looks amazing. I've seen many pictures. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to try it. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe you make some for when we visit San Diego. I will, I will bring some. Okay. Brett? I saw him. She means she's making 200 challahs. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to get um, people to give. Or to go, to retreat. Because <laughs> I heard it's really delicious. But I would say for, for our family, my oldest daughter just turned six in August, and we have a, a three-year-old and then one on the way, as you know, Zach. And uh, before Hannah, my, our six-year-old, was, was born, we really made it a point that, like, we want to make sure no matter what, Friday night uh, is special, not, because it's Shabbat, not just because it's Shabbat, but we, we want to really make sure we, we carve out the space and the time and, and have a Friday night uh, meal all together. And I think just we, we do the blessings over our kids every Friday night. And I don't know if they could appreciate it now, but I'm hoping, you know, week after week and year after year, um, it'll start to resonate and that they'll, they'll see how important it is, how proud we are of them and, and how special our tradition is. And so while we don't keep, uh, I'm not Shomer Shabbos, we, we try to, carve out uh, always a Friday night dinner and, and pre-COVID could have, you know, friends over and make it like a really special meal. And we always do it in a different room uh, in our dining room and not in our, our kitchen and, and try to really make it special. So that's, that's been our, uh, well, it, it, it's sort of a standard Jewish ritual. I think sometimes we shouldn't take it for granted that, that people uh, keep, uh, have a Friday night, meal and carve out the time as the world speeds up 
we're trying to slow it down a little bit. Absolutely. And personally, as a child, very fondly and vividly remember, you know, the blessing for the children and my parents always saying it. So it has, it has resonated with me and I'm sure it will resonate with, with your children as well. Um, before we wrap up the interview, do you have any advice for both incoming cabinet members or prospects of people who are considering cabinet? Don't think twice, just do it. It's an amazing experience when you'll never regret. You'll make some of the best friends in your life. You will feel better about yourself or doing good. And it's just a fantastic experience. I mean, I would say do it. Amazing. Yeah, you'll meet great friends and life is always going to be busy. And I hear a lot, you know, I'm just, I got too much going on. I can't do it. Like there's always going to be something and you need to, just carve out the space, and this is a program that's really worth your time. And if you're going to choose one thing to do, do National Leadership Cabinet. Well, I personally, my life has been enhanced by having both of you uh, in my life and having met you through Cabinet. And been. I was so excited to interview both of you because I think you have incredible stories, and I look up to the work that the two of you have done um, and, and look forward to continuing to work with you and follow in, in your footsteps and I'm honored that I have friends that I can, can look up to. So I hope everyone who's listening was inspired, fulfilled, has a little bit more sense as to why Kira and Brett, uh, both give both Jewishly as well to the Jewish Federation and are excited for the upcoming retreat this year, uh, as well as the, the campaign and giving and as always, we look forward to hearing from you and hope that you enjoyed our time. So thank you to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zach. Shalom. It's Lindsay Glenn. And Aaron Carabell. And we are the 2021-2022 co-chairs of National Young Leadership Cabinet. We hope you enjoyed getting to know our Hevra. Stay tuned for our next installment of Clever Connect. Through the Zooms and the frozen time, leaders step by.